have a busy week going on here, man. And I appreciate you making some time to chat with me here about this album because it's impactful. And congratulations on this because this is a proud piece right here, especially early later on in your career. You even accepted it to the point right now that you used to write down your songs on your phone or a piece of paper, but now you just let the music just flow out of you and you have your own four bar spell. You just let the music hit you and it just comes right out of you right there on the spot. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, you know, I was always intrigued about what Jay-Z would say about like his process. And I, I was like, man, he can do that. But you know, I have to like still be, still be intricate, but I went through things in life where I just had the words. I don't know how to explain it. I just had the words. And then I just needed to say it on, say it on, on tape and listen back. And I'd be like, okay, I can move this word around. And it just became more efficient. It helped me work with producers easier. Um, and yeah, so that's sort of where I am now. Although, if the topic is, is a sensitive one, I got to thread the needle. I like to see it on paper first, you know, and then, so I'll, I'll wrap it, I'll record it, I'll write it out, and then I'll maybe I'll adjust a few things and do another take. This relates to your record because for threading the needle, you are you're so outspoken and you're sometimes worried about the hate because people may not like how unfiltered you are at times. Bro, I mean, people, first of all, people hate for for every reason, (laughs) every time, every reason. I know you got haters, too. You know, I mean, people like who does the Mad Max think he is? um, (laughs) Exactly. But, um, you know, that record I tell people is it's in Nigeria. How would say this? Like, it's like the. Wait a minute. Who do you think? You know the minute when someone's trying to disrespect you, and before you like turn it on, before you turn the jets on, you have the minute where you like the second where you're like, wait, wait, hold up, what's going on? That's what the hate is. It's that minute where you got to remind yourself, wait, 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 wait. You talking to me? You know what I mean? And um, I think especially in our industry, you know, um, I, I used to say among my that every opinion isn't of equal value, you know. And uh, <laughs> I think, you know, people, I would say something and people would just, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, you should listen to me. You know, I know I have the experience. I have the life experience, career experience. I have the vantage point to be able to make this, to be able to make, have this opinion. Something I really find interesting about this album is the fact that you were able to expand what you originally do in your own hip hop roots. And you were inspired by Drill on the first song, The Guy. Yeah, yeah, man. Drill is, is such energy, right? It, it reminds me of like 98 New York hip hop. It reminds me of like DMX and like in terms of like the Big energy pun. and like the grittiness. Exactly, exactly that time. And I tell people like that if you grew up when I grew up, I think making music now is easier for you because fashion, from fashion to like cultural references to the sound, to there's just so much of like, uh, it feels like when I was a teenager. You know, um, and uh, um, it, the, the drill energy is so beautiful. I, I felt this was like my first step into like participating in this culture that I really love. Um, I want to do more. This had more of a, like a Nijab feel to it. Uh, you know, I do want to show up in the UK and hop on a few things, things <laughs> with the mandem and see what happens. Have you thought about possibly collaborate with any of the American drill artists? I know, unfortunately, Pop Smoke is no longer with us, but Fabio Foran, does he see someone in mind? Because he's really making some noise. Yo, he's, he's burning up. And honestly, Pop Smoke, you mentioned his name, was the first time I really got it with, with drill. It's crazy because 
I, uh, I have a friend, she was telling me, oh, this guy in New York, and she started playing. I was like, this doesn't sound like a New York artist at all. She's like, no, he's from here. And that night we went out and I heard it and I was like, oh, I get it, I get it now. You know, uh, so may he rest in peace. Um, yeah, I do wanna, I, I'm open to working, man, with, with whoever. Um, this part of my career, I say, I have maybe 400 verses left. I wanna, I wanna share each one on something special, you know, and make it a moment, you know. Earlier in my career, I would just do the song sometimes and just send it. Now I want to be like, you know, if you, I'm going to work with you, let's do something amazing. And so it doesn't matter whether the artist is known or I just want to make special, amazing music for people, you know. It's amazing to see what this album developed into. I'm not surprised at the same time just because of your body of work and what you're capable of. But originally you were recording this album out of no purpose. Then COVID hit and you realized just how everything could be ripped away from your essence into the confidence and the world can just rip that away out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, bro. Everyone around the world is, is talking about the same thing right before this. Well, not right before, but earlier today, I, I was uh, talking to a room of Googlers, if you can believe it. Um, <laughs> and um, they, one of them made a comment about like, man, we're all going through it and it's tough. And in my mind, I'm like, these are the smartest, best paid people in the world. Right. But we're all having the same human experience post-COVID of feeling locked up, of feeling, you know, I was thinking today that it gives you a lot of empathy. The world should have a lot of empathy for what prisoners go through because we've had a, 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 um, a, a feel of, of, you know, where we are. Um, <laughs> my my baby's not empty. <laughs> what I mean to say is that it's a unique experience of being locked up, you know, that we can now understand a little more. You know, maybe that's a better way to say it. We can understand more when someone comes out of the pen, what, you know, what that experience was like. An inspiration point to this album too, as well as that to do things that are impossible with audacity. Yeah, man. I mean, from the hate, the guy to bigger. Think about that. Olamide, myself, um, Nas. Think about that. I, you know, I was talking about the number of verses that we have left. Um, Olamide has... Uh, I mean, Nas has maybe like a hundred verses left. Who, you know, he does. Like everyone he gives us right now is rare. It's like every project he gives us is like, man, is this gonna be the last one, right? Because he's he's just given us so much, and to have one of those, like this is rare air. I'm really, I'm really, um, and then to have Olamide, who is a just like African Titan, like you know, um, and and then the record be so good. One other person who's part of this record is a producer called Beats by Jay. And I'm telling you, this guy would have changed the world with his music. He had that, you know, Kanye, Just Blaze, touch to his hip hop. He passed away uh, early, uh, a while back. Um, and we are, we are all like, the world is just a darker place for not having Beats by Jay here. So big shout out to him as well. And it's just a special moment. Um, but again, as you said, it taps into that feeling of audacity and that god energy that's what i call it that god energy that god energy yeah like me i'm still gonna like yeah i got beat down yeah i'm not at my best right now but if you know me you know i'm, I'm gonna keep coming you know you know and that's the energy we should all have speaking of god energy you were able to share the track as you just mentioned bigger with nas and he ranks number three on your top five all-time list man how did it feel to get that verse from nas because i know you've been trying for years Yo, I was recording something else, bro. I was recording a different project. That's that's in the 
it's in the safe. But uh, <laughs> when the verse came, I, I listened to it. I like just enjoyed the moment at first because there was some, there's a story behind the actual verse. And so I was like, oh, this is going to happen. Um, and honestly, you know how like life works out sometimes and things happen at the right time, you know? Um, so this was the right moment, you know? And um, I, I, and then I started making the music around it, um, you know, try to find the right, right sounds. And then when I did, I was like, I just need, it needed something else and put a lot of video on it. But um, I think I'm telling everyone back home, I want to put out a PSA tomorrow because it's on like, Rap records don't get to the top spot. No. Right? But it's number 13 right now, which has blown my mind. <laughs> but I wanted to get to number one because I believe hip-hop deserves to be regarded at that level. And so I'm asking people tomorrow to, to focus and make sure that they, they, you know, like, let's vote, let's do whatever. Let's get that record to number one. We can do it, you know. Um, and it's a special moment, special song. I'm, I'm, I'm truly blessed to be a part of it. Definitely one for the ages. When you heard Nas's verse come through, is there a particular album or song that it took back to when you were younger listening to Nas? This is crazy. And it's great that you asked this question because I actually sent him a different beat to, to rap to, right? So when I got the call, I went through what I had and I sent him a beat and he rapped to that beat. Um, and it had a completely different style. It was more like... Uh, one of my favorite records, they shoot me. I made you, made look. you look. You know that sound? Off of Godson. Yeah, it's off of uh, it's off of Godson, but that sound when he leaned in that bag more was like um the lost tapes had a little bit of that sound, you know. Um, so it that was what it sounded like at first. But then the more I thought about it, I was like, I want this song to haunt people because it's a it's a bigger moment than that. And then I started changing the music around it. Um, but yeah, it reminded me of that because it came in that form, you know, and it's just classic, you know, Nas, like just doing, doing the thing he does, you know, yeah, he's, he's one of the greatest of all time. Number three on your list, an yeah. important track on this album that I found that I relate to and a bunch of people can relate to in this digital age is toxic because there was a Twitter ban in Nigeria. Then all of a sudden, when it came back up, you looked at the feed and you said, man, this place is crazy. It's toxic. Just all yeah. these people saying crazy things to each other. How, what do you think is the best way and in, in which we can stay grounded in reality in this social media digital age? Yeah. Um, so I come from like a Christian background. Um, and I have a line in there that I think that people that are of Christian faith or have a background or family, which, you know, it's a big part of the world. Um, um, I say, you ask a mob for advice, you'll end up killing Jesus Christ. Because if you know the story, like what did, what did Jesus, what did Jesus done, right? Even the things they accused him of, they were no witnesses. But the reason was because they asked the mob, <clears throat> what should we do? And the mob, what the mob, are they going to like select someone and vote and be like, let's, they just did what mobs do. And that is the fear about what like social media can do to us. I tell someone that, I was telling someone that people now, really in their lives, a lot of people thinks, I get really depressed and sometimes have like, I have friends who will tell me, and this is not something to play with, but they'll say, you know, I had, I had a little bit of a suicidal thought the other day or whatever. People are going through it. 
imagine going on your Twitter feed and seeing someone say, kill yourself. You know good. And it happens every day. It happens all the time. And so that song really was a moment. It, Aussie Grace starts out talking about like heartbreak and toxic love. And when I heard it, I was going to write about a relationship. But then I was like, actually, the real relationship is one society's having with itself now, where we just have to be kinder to ourselves. We need to speak with more love to each other. Especially now, we always have to find a way to be positive during these times. And it happens constantly, as you as you mentioned, and it's important to just stay grounded in reality and, and stay off of social media. I think the more we stay off of social media, the more positive that we can be, especially with a mindset. Yeah, yeah I agree with you. I agree with you. It's really helped me a lot. Like, it's hard when you're an artist, right? Um, you have to, like, right now I am, like, in the sauce because <laughs> I have to, you know, you have to pay attention. You have to make sure, like, um, with a big project, like, the one we have, it's like a huge team. Everyone's working really hard. You're looking over pieces of data all the time. And, but I will tell you that, like, I cannot wait for, like, the first break I can have, you know. I'm getting married soon, so. That's right. Congratulations. Maybe, yeah, thank you, bro. Thank you. Like, maybe when that happens, I get, like, a week just to just be and just be present and, like, see what's in the room with you and just be with the people that are around you. Um, and I think that that's new social media. Don't let it use you. You know, um, It's interesting to see how you've grown and just addressing the mental obstacles that people go through, because back in the day, you really didn't understand when a person was going through depression and you eventually had to study it to understand what people were going through. And it was just what you found out to be a lack of self-identity. Yeah, bro. I recorded an album in uh, 2017 that's called A Study on South, oh, Young yeah. Denzel. Um, and I, I want to I, I encourage people to go listen to it. Of course, stream the guy, but um, <laughs> go listen to A Study on South by uh, Am I About That. And <clears throat> I just got a call one day from a friend who was like, I don't want you to do anything, but I'm thinking of killing myself. And she was on the phone. And I, I was living in a, position of like pure privilege ceo of a record label top performing rapper money in my pocket you know all the attention i had it was just not a thing that i had met someone who was going through or i was aware of you know um and this was just so real and it just sort of pierced through the haze of like comfort that i was surrounded by and and over like a few few weeks we talked about it and i started to learn more and then I started to ask questions about myself, you know, and uh, it's been a beautiful journey. I encourage everyone, you know, we all have a story and we have a thing that happened to us. We have a reason why we must be protective of ourselves, why we don't trust people. However, the hope is that we come to a place where we can actually start to heal, you know, and actually start to let like the, the child inside. We all have it. We all know everyone listening to me now knows what I'm talking about. That kid inside you, you know, we can create a safe environment for that kid inside you to come out. And uh, that's what, you know, these songs are about. This project is about, you know, in different ways. What's something that you discovered about yourself and making the guy? Because you've spoken about it before. That this is a self-discovery for people, especially during the time people time period that you made this and what we're going yeah. through with the pandemic. Yeah. Um, it's a good question, man. There's so many layers to this question because I operate on multiple levels to make a project like this. I 
run the team that handles me as an artist, right? Um, and so there's a discovery at that level. Um, as an artist, you know, recording this album, you know, reconnecting with artists, you know, um, working with Chopsticks, traveling to Joss, spending time with my niece, getting engaged, you know, trying to do love in a healthy, you know, correct way for maybe the first time in my life. You know, um, there's so much there that came out of me as a man that I think is in the music. Um, and so maybe I don't have one answer. The big answer is that I'm, I'm looking forward to more change. I don't know if that makes sense. I'm looking forward with an open heart. Like the world is opening up to African music. Here I am, an artist that I personally consider as one of the greatest rappers of all time. Here I am with an opportunity to share this music with the world. Here I am as well with the opportunity after COVID and everything that happened to, you know, make the world better for other creatives and, and with the work I do, you know, tasks and stuff like that. And um, this is just, it's just an amazing time. And um, I hope that people feel that and they hear that in the music and that it means something to them. It connects like that this, this period, they're like, this is when the Guy album came out. You remember when the Guy album came out? And we all bumped to that and that they carry that with them forward, you know, um, because I, that's what was in my heart when I was created. I created it for you guys to, to go on the journey of life, you know, that I went through. You, know, with you. you definitely have had an amazing journey and even just growing up and your family learning about your mother being so supportive of your career and just giving you the instruments early on. And then your father being the first one in your family to receive an education because you eventually come to America and go to Calvin in Michigan. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Calvin, shout out Calvin. Um, <laughs> um, and shout out to my, my uh, a mentor. I'm going to call him a mentor on this. It was the new president of Calvin. Uh, we were bored. Uh, he's someone I love and respect so much and um, played a huge role in my life. Okay, so yes, you, I mean, there's so much story in that, in that, you know, brief thing you said about like going from uh, being a kid whose mom would sing the, it's called the Sofa Notation, Do Re Mi Fa Sola. She would sing it with me and teach and show me how to do it on the keyboard. And that's, I would just go to bed and my mind would just be racing and I'd be writing songs with the keys and just creating harmonies um, to, you know, the influence of my father and, and um, how, like, how his story being from where he's from. He was, this is a man that was born in the village and would have to walk six miles to school every day, you know, without shoes, you know, through, like, really there's no, like, roads. It's, like, through the forest every day to, you know, and... Uh, for him to accomplish all he accomplished and get to where he did. You know, these are sort of like the pillars in my life, you know. Um, I'm blessed to have had, I mean, we didn't have a lot, you know, you hear that in the music as well, but I'm blessed to have had a family that that intended, you know, that surrounded me and gave me a, um, and, and I think that's part of why I take making music so seriously, because I feel I should really work hard after being so blessed to really work hard on the music, to share with you guys something that's important, something that's really thought through, something that really, you know, I was really intentional about, like the keys and the, the words and the, you know. Um, and so, yeah, again, I hope people hear that in the music.
these hip hopper concerts that you were doing in college, how do you reflect on those times? Because there was also time that you considered doing comedy, but you felt embarrassed when no one was laughing at your jokes. Bro, till till today, (laughs) no one is laughing at that. No one's like, hey, there, there you go. One, one lap. Um, But um, yeah, man, I, you know, like most creatives, um, you bounce around till you find your thing. You find your, your, it's like the Avengers. You find your, your weapon or your superpower your superpower and um we we um i grew up in the church so i had opportunities to like play music and then i started rapping i sang in a gospel choir i've been a dj actually when i was at calvin i would dj for parties oh wow and, uh, the old school way i would dj with like uh vinyl not even vi- no i said old school like what i mean old school i mean like the ghetto old school way so i'd have a double CD player, okay. and I would have to like manually fade in. <laughs> <laughs> manually fade was so bad, but I got booked all the time, like in college for that. And then I was a dancer as well. You know, I came back. I was a manager for this amazing artist called Jeremiah, and uh, he went on to become like successful, one of the first pop stars in on Chocolate City in Nigeria. And um, and I just really loved music. But when I discovered rap, bro. Oh, I was like, this is, this is my Thor's hammer or whatever he calls it. This is my dude. And it's just been a beautiful vehicle for me. You know, it's been a, it's been an amazing, it's given me so much. Like I talk about like DMX, like when DMX passed away, I was like, I will never meet this guy who impacted me so deeply, you know? Um, And it's also given me so much in the way that I personally have been able to like, tell the world how I, what, what my opinions are about it are. And it's blessed me, you know, and here I am again, sharing that gift. You know, it's exactly. And you continue to do on the guy, just being in your time in America, because you went through some hardships. And I, I read online that you were working at just restaurants and, and cleaning bathrooms, cutting grass. Yeah. So you did the nine, the nine to five grind. Was there ever a period in life that you wanted to to stick because you went back to Nigeria in 2003 but was there ever a point in time that you were really pursuing the, the American dream and wanting to stay here for a longer period of time than you did of course you're a Nigerian kid you get to come to the states to go to school better don't don't mess it up and I messed it up <laughs> I I came into the wrong program at the college I should have been in the arts but as a Nigerian kid, they, they make you like pick one of one of the two. And they say smart kids go to the sciences. So I ended up coming out and I ended up <coughs> in an engineering program, experiencing what I now know as a depression as a kid because of the culture shock. You know, not it's just so much change and so much um and um and then in Nigeria, this is also really weird. We don't have the same culture around work. So as a son, I had privilege in the way that I didn't have to do any of the, the, the housework or whatever. And now I'm not only broke, I got to grind. I got to like do the bathrooms. But I tell people that I learned how to, I say mop. Mm-hmm. As a, as a, I learned how to mop and I'm like, every day I'm still mopping. Like I wake up at 5.30 today, whatever it is, sitting at a meeting, closing a deal, sitting at the, at the boards, like listening to a mix, you know, thinking about a verse in my head, whatever it is I'm doing, 
and mopping that like that that mentality that i learned in the states about like you know that work you know that work like the grind that people sometimes take for granted but there's so much like character that it takes to be able to be one of those people to just do a thing repeatedly because it's going to take you to a goal you know it's a it's a it's a beautiful thing and i'm glad that i had the experience to learn that you know i think even on, on up to this point in my career it helps me if i need to get something done whether it's unpleasant or not i can just go mentally back to that bathroom grab the mop and just let's do it it needs to be done no thank you for sharing that and it's important just to learn what you went through and then going back to nigeria because this brings me to my next question you want to be and just learning about entrepreneurship and a ceo when we look at inspirational figures such as jay-z do you think colleges teach the necessary tools in order for you to be a successful ceo and entrepreneur (laughs) when jay-z and other acts didn't go to college and built an empire of their own yeah you know if i'm to answer you honestly today i'd say that i think the challenge is it's not that college is not important it's that it's just is weighted too high it's 50 percent of the the thing and so it should be half as expensive and people that have street smarts should be half as valued as well. You need both. And the reason the college helps you to have the frameworks to be able to understand the data that you're going to receive in the real world. Um, a lot of people will not be successful because they don't understand what's happening, not because they, they can't react. But a lot of my like friends who are like in, in those spaces that, that, that just went to business school, they tell you that all the work happens when you leave, you know, you have to like be in the real world and learn culture, learn people, understand how to do things. And I think they're both valuable. Um, but I think the goal should be wherever you are, you can start, but you should plan to constantly acquire as much of both at the same time as you can, you know, get as much understanding of the frameworks, you know, get that learning as much as you get experience, you know, and, Whatever one you have available, lean into it. It will be valuable. If you have the opportunity to go to school, please do well at school. If you don't have that opportunity, and like me, you have to do it in real life, like Jay and all these guys, hey, you got you to gotta do it. And then you got to, you know, when you have the opportunity, go take a class, take a course, sit with, get a mentor, sit with someone and, and learn. From your experience throughout the United States, because this always brings me to just an important debate here and it's just a conversation. When we look at the racism that happens in America and then we can compare the hardships to Nigeria and what you faced growing up, once you start becoming successful and wealthy, do you think it changes how people are viewed in certain situations based on a person's class system? Once it changes, once you go from let's say the, the lower class to the higher class based on your status? This is a good question, man. This, this question should be a podcast. It's a good question. <laughs> I appreciate this, that. This question, this question should be a podcast. So my, my first attempt at it, I'm going to say, Nigeria is very classist. But at, but at the same time, there's just so many different groups that you can there isn't as much exclusion in Nigeria, exclusion. There's a lot of inequality, but there's not as much exclusion, which means you can be anyone from anywhere and pretty much access, you know, like, so it's a weird mix there, but we are a very like classist people, like mm-hmm. <clears throat> class does matter. 
you know, a hierarchy is part of human, it's, it's part of human being a human being. Um, the experience in the States, you know, what, what racism felt like to me in the States was someone has an opinion about you that's not going to shift no matter what you do. And that opinion could get you in trouble. That's, that's what it felt like to me. Like I'd walk into a place and it does, nothing needs to happen. The person is just like, oh, you know, and I cannot imagine being born and wearing that every day because for the four years I lived in the States, I felt it. It felt like an extra sweater every day or a jacket, you know, everywhere you go, everywhere. I can't imagine being a child and then, then being economically impoverished and, and what is maybe the, the, the icing on, the, on this very, like on this doo-doo pie that we're talking about is, <laughs> is that it produced hip hop, this art that allowed the world to, to understand this is who we are. This is what we're going through, but listen to how we're telling, explaining it to you. Listen to these poems, listen to this, these rhythms. Listen to how I'm going to tell you the trauma that I went through. Listen to how I'm going to tell you how I lost my friend. Listen to how I'm going to tell you how and it was just so powerful. And to be able to, I'm sort of like bringing it back, but to be able to be part of that culture, I don't take it for granted because I feel Nigerians and Africans do have a perspective on that as well. And that we would, where we are like excited to be part of this culture, this beautiful culture it has, you know, I mean, just to contribute to it. And that's, it is with that, like, glee almost that I, like, I'm, I made this album and, I, you know, I'm, I'm going forward with, you know, into, the, into tomorrow and next tomorrow, just promoting, pushing the music because I believe, you know, I want to do, I want to give as much to this culture as it gives to me. Exactly. And you've made history in your own right for the BET Awards because you were the first one to be, nominated yeah. and, and yeah, be bro. in that category for a nigerian artist as a rapper yeah they i mean you should say that louder do you have uh could you like turn the knob up on the thing so that oh, everyone yeah. hears that <laughs> and, uh, um i mean it's you know like again back to the hate this is 2022 mm -hmm. sorry this is Wrong 2022 good. and i'm out here grinding pushing my album i'm happy it's number one it's doing well but I had done this by 2009, you know what I mean? So everybody, you know, it should be said as well, you know, that in 2009, when BT said, let's take a look at what's happening globally. It wasn't even an African category. It was a global category. I was in a category with Shadi Adu, with Kanan. Remember when Kanan had a waving flag? That's right. Uh, Dizzy, Dizzy Rascal um, and a few other people. And they selected eight people. And uh, Amaya Bagna, you know. That's right. You were one of them. Yep. Yep. 2009. So we don't, as we say in Nigeria, we don't do here. Nothing to do. <laughs> <laughs> Your influences come all the way from hip hop artists such as DMX, Bob Marley for reggae. But one interesting one, and it and brings me to this this conclusion here with this artist, Sarah McLaughlin, because 
you looked up to her as well. And then you have something in relation to another legendary hip hop artist. I don't know if you've known the story, Daryl DMC McDaniels. He listened to her song, Angel, and it saved him from suicide because he found out that he was adopted and he was going through all these mental problems at the time. And he met up with her and he found out that she was adopted and he told her that your song saved my life. And they eventually collaborated together. What was the connection that inspired you with Sarah McLaughlin? Wow. That story is amazing. Is that true? Yeah. Wow. It's amazing. Thank you for telling me that story, man. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to read up on that. Yeah. Sir McClock, I walked into a room and I heard a song and I just thought, I was like, what is that? And I came back, found her music and I just, songwriting brilliance. You know, she would, she would write songs for the purpose that the song be truly itself. You know, she didn't care about anything else, just like the, the purity of the song. And you listen to like Angel, the answer, like the music. And so I wasn't, you know, like it wasn't anything as bad as that, but I felt I was like sinking into a depression. I didn't know, I, I would not have been able to describe what it was for years until years later but i could feel it i could feel like everything was collapsing i was and then i heard this song and honestly i when i went to the states i didn't know i was going to make music it was just a hobby i i, I like music becoming a musician becoming like a successful musician is things that lucky people did not not me i'm going to be an engineer or going to be a whatever and that song took me back because I went and go play the keys. So I would go to like the piano room and I just play the keys. And that's when I started songwriting. And in some way birthed this moment, you know, we are right here today. So shout out to you, Sarah McLaughlin, wherever you are. Um, I would love to collaborate with you as well because your music saved my life as well. Wow. That's two major hip hop artists now that I've heard her song save lives. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Good music is Good music is good music. And if you think about it, I was saying this the other day, like if you think about who hip hop fans are, just as a cat, just as a really look, it's a lot of like young men who have gone through and haven't been able to express themselves. So it actually does make sense that music that's very therapeutic would also like connect with them deeply. So it makes sense, you know. I've heard you speak about it in the past, just being a content creator that it's difficult to make because no one believes in us and they don't believe in you until you're there. What was your genius story in trying to get people to believe in you because you had this record safe, which was a play and parody of all the popular songs going on in the time in Nigeria. So was this the song that really catapult people into believing in your career? Yeah, man. I had been grinding. So from my perspective, it looked, it looked like a progression of all the work we've been doing. But something just happened, man. I was like, it's been grinding so hard in the studio. This beat came on. I just started rapping. And the little Wayne flow, you know, that like meandering over a beat sort of flows in. So I'm, I'm just joking and I'm pulling references from pop records, you know. And it becomes this like, 80 bar verse that we chop in the middle, put like a hook. And 
I literally was giving it out. I would just Bluetooth it to people. Just be like, hey, this is something I did. You know, my single is on air. And it just blew up. It just blew up. Just and um and it's 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 a special moment. I mean, um you asking me the question made me reminisce about it, and you just sort of like took me back, you know, to record this song uh, way back then. But yeah, man, it's just you you try to as an artist, you try to stay in the zone so you can find these moments where you know magic happens. And um, when they do it, like it's like lightning in a bottle, you know, it's impossible to replicate again, you know, um, that moment, like that moment is where is how am I gets here. You, know? you were jealous of your brother, Jesse, when you were younger, I heard you. <laughs> and so this talented. would eventually come from the song Crowd Mentality. Yeah, this is he's so talented. He's so, so, so talented. Jesse is so talented. When I say jealous, I mean, like. You know, like he, he, he was, he's my brother. He's my younger brother. You know, I got him signed, you know, we I collaborated with him early on. So I love him. I support him. I think he's the greatest artist, you know, on the face of the earth. Um, <clears throat> but at the same time, there's that sibling rivalry. If you have a sibling that's really good in the same field, you will feel it. If they're really good, if they're really good, imagine that your brother is Giannis. You know what I mean? Imagine that LeBron's brother was Giannis. This is Jesse Jags on MI. You know what I mean? <laughs> or KD. It's, no, it's, it's KD and LeBron. Imagine, <laughs> you know, you just put those two in a room. You, you know, there's going to be energy, right? So that's me and Jesse, you know. And uh, he is, like, just insanely talented, insanely gifted. Everyone go check him out. <laughs> Is there a certain principle that you can look back to which your parents may have taught you growing up and which this developed your survivor skills in becoming a successful artist and CEO and doing great things in the business side of things and music in order to establish longevity in the game? In this phase of my life, I would say empathy. Because, not because you need empathy for other people, but because invariably one day you're going to need empathy for yourself. You're going to make mistakes that you're going to need to forgive yourself from. And if you don't know, if you haven't been taught to love, <clears throat> it can be difficult. It can be brutal. People can beat up on themselves. They can like sink into like, and so I was into depression or, you know, I was able to lean back into love, into, you know, empathy. And, and I like, I want to be, the rapper that's known for talking about this stuff going forward, because I think it's going to save lives. Like, I think it's the same thing as if, <clears throat> and pardon the analogy, you're my guy and you're coming around the block and I can see your enemies coming strapped and I know it's on. And I said, hey, bro, don't come around the corner, right? That needs talking about mental health. And me speaking about like leaning into empathy, I believe it's as impactful. I believe that people need to know that we can like move forward from the things that have happened to us. If we find the, the, the there's resources out there, there's, there's methods, there's processes that we can take on, we can heal and move forward because, um, I think that that can, it can just ruin a lot of lives because the world is a hard place. People are 
going through it, you know, and yeah. No, they definitely are. And with your music, it definitely helps save lives and you just inspire out there and you've, you've got so many achievements in your life. I mean, over 60 awards and <laughs> doing my research. Is there one award out of all those 60 that stands out to you the most that you hold in high regard over the others? No, 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 no. And, and honestly, I wish I could walk upstairs and show you. I put all my awards in the box and put them away, you know. It's just, you know, it's not, when I got to, it's, I probably have like, I've probably been awarded like a hundred times now, right? And yeah, there are a few that I don't have. I don't yet have like the BET, I don't have African Artists of the Year. You know, those weren't available when I was, you know, when people say outside, those weren't there. I think apart from the Mama Africa, the, the when I was rapping, when I was active, they weren't, they weren't categories, actual categories. So in my time, what was available, like I amassed everything very quickly, right? And then um, it just, it's not the point. You listen to like Kobe Bryant, you listen to all these, you know, the late great Kobe Bryant talk about doing more, you know? Um, the point is to get better. The point is to do more, you know? And so it's not about any award anymore. I mean, who knows if I get a Grammy, one day, you know, I'm sure that'll be special. You know, if I win another Hedy's award, you know, I'm sure that'll be special. But I want to be able to like go to bed that night, celebrate, you know, and then wake up in the morning and just be like, man, I need to win my first award and have that mentality, you know. No, absolutely. And I've heard your top five list because I referenced it earlier. I know Nas is three, but number one's Jay Z, Tupac's number two. Three is Nas, four is Eminem, and five is Kendrick Lamar. Why does Kendrick Lamar crack your top five? And people would put Biggie in their top five. So why do you think Kendrick makes the top five and Biggie doesn't? Yeah, I'm gonna change that list. I'm gonna change that list. I think I I think I remember when I said this, but I my list is different. My actual list. Let me let me make the right. This is the list. This is the official list, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. Number one is Jay Z. All time. I'm gonna get in trouble. Number two is Tupac. Number three is Biggie. Ah, number four is Nas. No, number three. Number three is Nas. Number four is Biggie. Because Nas has just become so much more great. Still, like when people were ranking him before, they sort of like saw him like. But we've had King's, King's disease. We've had like all these other things. He's, he's, he's the third now. And, you know, and four big and five. Oh, man. Oh, man. I'm about to get in trouble. I'm about to get in trouble. I got I to gotta finish. Baby. I got to finish. Okay. Five. Number five is. Number five is. No, 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 no. Number five is. Ah, number five is Eminem. Eminem. Yeah. Eminem. Uh, I, I respect that top five list. It's a tough, there's yeah, so many it's great tough. It's, 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 You have to dissect the whole history. Then you can go back in important acts and look at KRS-One and the impact that he had on hip-hop early on. And Slick Rick, like the greatest storytelling hip-hop artist of all time. Rakim. Yeah, Rakim. Ice Cube. You know, like Snoop. There's people that like Snoop is still active. 
Yeah. He's still going, you know? And that's he just thing, bought like, Death Row Records. It's like still like, when you talk about the greatest, right? Like buying Death Row Records matters in your legacy. It, you were on the thing and then you, you're back and now you own it. You know, like it's, it's amazing. So yeah, I agree. Like it's a difficult thing, but I think my list, the world can agree is the best list of all time. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of owning your own thing, incredible music. What's, what's your own list, bro? What's your list? My list. Oh, I, I got to go Tupac. Number one, Biggie. Number two, three Nas. I'm a big, big pun guy, so I love to put him four. And he and it just the impact that he had for Latinos in America and just around the world. The first Latin to go platinum. Yeah. Insane. Yeah. And five, that's tough. You could slide Eminem or Jay-Z in there, probably top five for me. One of those I, two. I get it. I get it. I can't imagine having like a Nigerian like Imagine if now I go and have like a number one U.S. record. You would not be able to tell anyone that was connected to Africa that I wasn't in the top. You know what I mean? I get like Big Pun, he was so good. He was so good. I get it. I get it. That's a great list. Ground, he was just groundbreaking for, for hip hop. And you own your own label now, as I mentioned before. Yeah. Incredible music. music yeah. Incredible music, yeah. Um, we're going to uh, be uh, unveiling an artist soon. Um, just talented kid. And for me, again, my my desire is that when I see an artist that that deserves to be seen, that they get the that they get the the, the, the accolades they need. We're in the middle of a rollout, and so this is the GM that just has the number one album. So I want to shine a light on her. <laughs> Hi, how are you? Congratulations on all the success of the guy and just in the rollout. Major props. Yeah, she has been beat. <laughs> it's important to have a great team around you. I wake up, I'm like, oh my God, you're winning. So, you know, but congrats to her and her team. Um, like, they're killing it. Killing the task it. community. Task, like, so task, what task does is that it helps creatives um, take advantage of the opportunities they have. So, it's the agency that has helped me found incredible music and it's sort of you know i have an idea to do a label i need a team that can get that done that's what tasks do they'll come they'll listen to the idea they'll do feasibility they'll build it out and so we do it across the board on, in, on all sort of spheres we're working in social impact we're working in tech we just know that creatives deserve to be spread out in the you know in advertising and marketing like you're a rapper you should be part of a, like an engineering firm and help them think about their brand and how to you know what i mean their copy or whatever like we have we are so much more valuable and task is the organization that wants to help put in that but we also have the dopest label right now and i pray that we talk in a year from now and a couple years from now again so you can be like mi you said it incredible music the crew be next i tell you yeah you have an upcoming podcast let's talk about it as well a movie yes. in the works Yo, bro, we, I'm, I'm out here grinding, bro. Yeah. I'm out here grinding. Yeah, man. Um, it's, it's, I mean, back to, back to that black man mom mentality. Like, the goal is to be as productive as you can. That's it. It's not about amassing a certain, against a certain number. It's about doing more. 
you know, doing more. Hey, what else could I do? You know, what could I accomplish if I put myself, you know, to task and task? And um, yeah, that's what that's what I'm. That's the energy I'm on. That's right. And my Abaga, is there anything else you'd love to let your fans know who tune into this interview and who are tuned in? Anything? Well, I wanted them to know how much I appreciate the fact that you reached out. Really professional, you know. Um, in in this moment, you know, the real ones always in these sort of moments, the real ones always, you know, shine through. And I really appreciate that you were like earlier on. You hit us. You were, you know, got the time. And and shout out to you, man. Even today, we we had a meeting that ran. You know, ran over and everything. So I appreciate you, man. Of course. At any time you want to come on the show, you're always welcome. Congratulations on everything that you're doing for Thank Nigeria and just expanding globally. Thank you, bro. Please help us push the album, man. Whatever. Absolutely. Support, you already know I am. The guys yeah, are yeah. on all platforms. Do you have, actually do you have any upcoming performances or a tour for the guy before we close out? Hey, you know what? I may send you a, a mail. I might be in the states doing a, doing a few things. Not not performing, but just doing appearances here and there, just touching, touching some few spots. So uh, I might send you an, an email or a reach out to let you know. So maybe we can share that information. I don't have anything right now, but in Nigeria, we are going to we go around. I'm in Enugu this weekend and uh, Oweri this weekend. Yeah. I'll definitely be spreading the news, especially if I get that email. I'll be letting people know whatever you have coming, but they can hey. follow you on Instagram and Twitter at MI underscore Abaga. MI underscore Abaga. That's right. And my Abaga, I want you to enjoy the rest of your night. Take care and stay safe. Congratulations on the guy. All right. Peace. Peace.